Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. Thanks for hanging out with us. He's Joe. I'm Brad. We're letting the internet tell us what to talk about. The internet is a great place. It is. It is. It's not really a place, <clears throat> is it? It lives on servers that abound all over but the world. But does it where? Where does it exist? The interwebs, as you call them. <laughs> Where does it live? I don't know, the whole cloud thing. That's true, because you got this whole cloud thing, but there has really? to be some servers somewhere. Where are they? Everywhere. Aren't Someone they everywhere? knows. Someone tell us, please. Where actually is the internet? The internet. It's oh, everywhere and nowhere. That's a good question. I don't know. We should Google it. So I think it's like the second most common question. We did, where did God come from? I think we answered that question. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. <laughs> People have lots of questions about the Bible. Can I trust the Bible? It's really old. Uh, God seems mean, these are the things you hear. God seems mean, it's full of contradictions, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> so people start to go, I don't like this one thing in the Bible, I heard one thing, I read one thing, I don't trust that thing, get that out of here. I mean, isn't it one of the founding fathers, didn't he do that? Oh, he wrote his own version, Which basically, one? Tom, right? Thomas, Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, there's Bible. a Jefferson version where he took only the <laughs> verses he liked, yeah. and he just cut those out, and that was his Bible. Is that an authoritative scripture? <laughs> Like, can you have confidence in the Jeffersonian no. Bible? No. You can? No. It's kind of a cool, I mean, at least he was man enough to do it. Like, we all, like, actually kind of do that oh, in okay. practice. Yes, we just don't practice. actually yes. do it. Yeah. The Jeffersonian Bible. What Something translation? I don't know what it's called, but sure. Yeah. Can we trust it? So, real Bible. <laughs> no. This one. This one. Can we trust it? Tree wrapped in a cow, as it were. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's what it is. It is. So, <clears throat> I think a lot of people asking the question comes from, like, let's just be honest, a place of being misinformed. Okay, so they heard something, so they assumed something, and probably a lot of the people on the internet who are talking about why we can't trust the Bible haven't actually read the Bible. Is that, oh. Uh, I mean, maybe that's an accusation, but it feels fair. There's definitely misinformation a plethora of misinformation about the Bible. So yeah. if someone has never read it, for sure, there's yeah. misinformation. Because you just hear, oh, it's full of contradictions. Like, I hear that all the time. And then and you, ask you go, question, oh, like, show yeah. me. Like, where are their contradictions? Mm -hmm. and, and stop it. There's, mm -hmm. there's really nothing in the Bible that can't be explained. There's something mm -hmm. we talk about this all the time. It's something called hermeneutic, right? Understanding it rightly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, maybe that doesn't make sense because it was intended to be poetic. Yeah. But it's not a contradiction. Yeah, like the sun rose. Right. Clearly the sun doesn't rise, but right. with the right of hermeneutic, you can understand why someone would describe it as a rising sun. Yeah. That's not a contradiction or an inaccuracy. Right. Are there tough passages? Yes, of course oh, there are yeah. tough passages. But can we understand them in some fashion? I think so. If we work through them, if we mm -hmm. take the Bible as a whole, we, you know, what's God saying over here, over here, and kind of try and put it together. I think even the hard stuff that maybe even feels like a contradiction. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, there's an explanation. So there's probably categories, right? We might put them into categories to go, okay, one of the reasons that someone might say the Bible is inaccurate is because of this. One of, so like, there's almost like the technical reasons why right. people would talk about it as inaccurate. And then there's sort of the faith mystery category. Like there's an aspect of it where you have to have faith. So. If someone says to me that I should believe the Bible solely by faith, okay, but I have history and sort of some technical things that I could also point to yeah. that I think are really important that a lot of people don't know. Sort of right. a technical way, sure. historic way yeah. that we know technically the Bible was put together yeah. that we go, I have confidence in its historic accuracy. 
separate from how do I believe and trust that it's useful, helpful, authentic? Maybe separate? I, I don't know. Or yeah, I mean, I kind of think that some people hide, they don't want to <clears throat> believe it in faith, so they hide behind some of the technical things oh, sometimes. Yeah. Like, like saying there's contradictions or it's not accurate in this way. It's like, actually, we can resolve all the technical stuff. The Bible is, and I can explain why, is scientifically accurate and historically mm -hmm. accurate and uh, prophetically accurate. It's actually when people go, well, the technical side of the Bible is wrong, so therefore I'm not going to trust it yes. in faith. That's actually a, that's a yeah. straw man argument because the technical side isn't wrong. No. And I think probably contributing to this tension and problem is if you sat down with most American Christians today and said, explain how the Bible was put together and how you oh, yeah, have yeah. confidence in the technical, historic accuracy of the Bible and the manuscripts. And it's, I think a lot of Christians can't answer that. Mm -hmm. And so that probably foments some of the misunderstanding because like when somebody goes, well, tell me how you know it's accurate. And the person goes, well, you just have to believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, well, no, how do you know historically that it was put together and how was it put together? I mean, I think most Christians can't answer that yeah. question. Right. So and that probably pushed. adds to the, well, I don't really know. Well, that certainly contributes to people going, well, see, right. it can't be true, trusted, it can't be accurate, because most Christians can't even explain how it was put together. Right. It's kind of a maybe niche thing, but I think for people that are listening right now, if you're a follower of Christ and you're taking your faith seriously, you should lean into knowing. Yeah. How, how did they, what are the scribal methods they use in those kinds of things? Because mm -hmm. it actually builds your confidence. Absolutely. To know that these guys, the way they, the way they copied scri uh, scrolls over time was like mm -hmm. so intense. You know, you and I might sit down and, and if we were going to copy something, we might go kind of word for word and check. I mean, these guys were going letter for letter and they get done it. They screwed one thing up. They didn't like erase it and fix it. They no. chucked the whole, the thing, whole thing, thing and start over and they had all kinds of checks. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, even the facts around it, like people will say, well, we can't trust the Bible because we don't have the original Bible, right? We don't have the original letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians mm -hmm. or that Peter writes, right? Okay, I get that. But do people know that we do have 25,000 early manuscripts? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And they all match up. We're not just kind of grabbing something from here and there. It's like, no, actually the historical availability of these manuscripts is crazy. It really, it's, it, again, build your faith to lean into understanding that. Even the thing, and I, I don't remember the details of this, but you will, because it's just how your brain works. But even like some of the classic works in ancient writing, oh, the right. comparison between it's, the classic works and yeah. the Bible, it's like the Bible has so much, wait, come here. What's on me? You have some long, oh. Oh, let's leave that alone. Okay. Your chest hair grew, I think, as we talked about this. <laughs> yes, to your point, I think it's like 50 copies of Aristotle's work. I mean, Plato's Republic, which everyone, like, historic literature, everyone goes, this is it, right? We have like seven early copies. 25,000 copies early. of the New Testament. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. So we're in this real talk. We're probably not going to get into all the ways that we know historically, technically, that the Bible is believable. But people should dig into it because the way it was put together through councils and over centuries and the amount of deliberate, painstaking effort and just how it's been preserved through the worst situations and times oh, and, right. the, and the sort of deliberate decision of history trying to get rid of the Bible is yep. also another fascinating angle. Like, 
Let's get rid of it. Like yeah, for it thousands go, of years. It doesn't go, it won't go away. Yeah, there's this saying that the Bible is an anvil that has worn out many hammers. Oh, that's Why is that great? Like it's been just beat on over and over and over again and it stood the test of time. So let me just throw this back to you because I think I think you'll be able to answer this well. When someone picks up their Bible, what's the simplest way for them to know that it is historically accurate? That, like what would you go, this is the easiest way that someone could say, I know it's true. Not the faith side of it. The, but technical, the technical side? Line. I know it's true because. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... I think for me, the biggest sort of, it feels academic, but the biggest thing is that what is written has been proven in other historical contexts and by archeology, span right? So just, for example, Luke in the book of Acts mentions 50 some odd cities. They've found all of them. They aren't just like <clears throat> these made up sort of fantasy lands that Luke is like just naming these random towns. No, they've actually found all of them. And he's like, there's like 40 countries, whatever mentioned, they've found all of them. Mm -hmm. And even some of the ways that um, throughout time, the Bible has been attacked, well, you know, that can't be true because that's not historically accurate. Like people said, there's no way, the Bible says Solomon has horses. Yeah. And people said, there's no yeah, way, yeah. he could only have camels, he can't have horses. Well, then archeology span uncovered these massive horse stables. And so it's like, history has proven itself to be true with the account of the Bible. And so it's like, there is firm ground to stand on. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the piece of it. Like if you're a follower of Jesus out there and you're reading your Bible, you don't have to just take it by blind faith. That's yep. God's word. There are historic, accurate things to prove that this is something super special. Yeah. That the finger of God has to be involved in because how else can you make this happen over yeah. a period of, I mean, from beginning to end, the book, the Bible is written in like six, over 1600 yeah, something years like that. by 40 different authors. On and different continents. No, yeah, they're like living in different places and there's no contradiction in substance. Right. Like, how does that happen yeah. without God? So yes, believe it by faith, but you can stand on some a lot more. Totally, on the stronger... technical academic side, and you can find this stuff on the internet, and you can go read for read it for yourself, and it's super interesting, I think. So that's turn, one aspect. Yeah, turn it though, go to the faith side, because honestly, I think that's, I get jacked up about the academic side, but I think the faith side is really probably where most people are getting tripped up. Like, it's just hard to believe some of this stuff. And even as you drill into it, especially just because we live in a different time, but the Old Testament is confusing. Yeah. There are things about God, like, he seems different mm -hmm. than we think of God. He seems mean. He seems like he's letting bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And people go, how do I follow a God like this? How do I worship him if this is who he is? Mm -hmm. And that's the faith side of it, I and think. And the, the piece of it that I would go to, if you're just sort of picking this up and going, what am I supposed to do with this? If you're looking at it like it's gonna be some kind of manual that's supposed to tell you what to do and what not to do, if you're picking it up like it's some kind of, yeah, this like checklist or instructional book on how to do life, I'm not sure that's the best way to approach it. How do I see who God is? And I think that's what he's trying to do. He mm -hmm. is revealing himself mm -hmm. through his words so that we would understand someone who's infinite and loves us and connected and wants a relationship with us. So when I pick it up for the first time and see it as, well, what am I supposed to do and not do? If that's how I approach it, I'm gonna have all kinds of questions about, I don't understand this and I don't understand mm -hmm. that. If I read it from the vantage point of, I wanna know God. And if this is historically accurate as a revelation from God, 
then what can I see about this God from beginning to end? That's the stuff that builds my faith. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you process yeah, that I think kind that's of question? Good. Yeah, I think we do come to it as it's going to be a rule book in a lot of ways. And so it's don't do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, let me, let me zoom out and ask you this question. Go even higher on this this sort of idea around the faith side of it. It's like, why are people even asking this question? Why is this the, you know, the second or third, whatever, most common oh. faith-based question on the internet? Why are people even looking into this? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it probably has to do with something in the hunger of people to know what is true. I mean, people are grasping for truth everywhere and looking for some kind of, I kind of like to say it, some kind of compass or some kind of anchor, and they're every, we're all looking for it everywhere. Because I think intrinsically, we all know there's got to be something more than what we can just perceive in our day-to-day. There's something out there that's bigger, and the Bible says it's eternity set into our hearts. But it's like people are hungry for truth. They want revelation. They're hungry for it. And so, therefore, they're searching, and the Bible stands up as a historic book over millennium and across different diverse populations right. and like it's not just rich people not just poor people not right. just All people cultures. of color not just people yeah. it's like everybody sort of kind of goes to the bible so i think it stands on its own as a historic book that people go maybe the bible has the answers i've been looking for and then maybe they start approaching it and it's confusing yeah and difficult well because or, if you go you know what i am searching for truth in my life and i don't know where to go so there's this thing called the Bible, I'm gonna go look, and you just grab the Bible and you just flip open. I mean, depending on where you land, you're like, what is this even talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's worth acknowledging that sort of taken literally as a book where you start from the beginning, as we traditionally do, and read to the end. I mean, first of all, it's almost impossible to get through. <laughs> like yeah, what, yeah. how do you read it from beginning to end without a thousand questions? But yeah, so I think it's a different kind of book than we're used to and how we approach it and why we're approaching it that way. So if you're approaching it to try to prove that it's wrong, I mean, do you approach any oh, book yeah. that way? Like, do you approach any reading and go, I'm going to read this to poke holes in it and tell you how it's wrong? Instead of, I, I don't know, I guess I approach things and go, when I pick up anything, I'm like, I'm presuming I'm going to learn something. Oh yeah, and I might wrestle with other things. Yeah, like if you're going to take every a, a leadership book or a book on yeah, yeah. financial advice or something, yeah, you're gonna, you're not going there to nail it. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to learn. And, and I pick up a manual I'll... for my new microwave. It's like I'm skipping through pages. I'm looking for what I'm looking for, and I'm presuming like this is worth my time. If you pick up the Bible that way, I think you're going to see some good things in it, and it's going to cause lots of questions, and it may cause you to dismiss certain parts because you do have to add the faith part in. Mm-hmm. I think that piece of it's really hard to get your mind around to, and the Bible teaches this, but it's really true that if <clears throat> without faith, some of this stuff seems completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So with a level of faith that I believe there is a God, I believe he's trying to reveal his heart and his character and my role on the earth through these words, that's his point, with that level of faith, when I approach it, I'm going to learn something and experience something. But if I'm trying to disprove it or read it like it's Tom Sawyer, mm-hmm. it's like uh, it, it's not going to come alive. Mm-hmm. Is that a mm-hmm. fair way? Yeah, well, I mean, 
if you're going to read it like it's just a novel, for example, yeah. it's in some ways it's not that good of a novel. It's jumping all over, it's skipping centuries of time, and so it's like, okay, that's not gonna make sense. You've said it a million times. If you're gonna read like a science book, that's not gonna make sense. If so it really is sort of right-sizing it in its own category. To, to even come to it, it has to, you kinda have to be humble because it's so different than everything else. Yep. And I, I think if you approach it that way, then what we see in the Bible is that when you're hum humble and hungry, God opens, so it's like we would say, how, how does the scripture says it? It's this is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's God breathed. It's alive and active. That puts it in a category. Oh yes, that's pretty else. different. Yeah. So an an orthodox understanding of the Bible is it's breathed by God and it's alive. What the heck other category? Mm -hmm. Like what other book? What other fits? book has anything like that? Yeah. Right. So it's like, but I've experienced that. So how do I say to my friends on the internet right now that are searching and wondering, when you search, is the Bible true? One of my answers to that is, the Bible is breathed by God and it's alive and active because God is alive and active mm -hmm. and he wants to communicate with you and he's mm -hmm. using this book format. So for you to sense it's a living benefit, it has something to do with you approaching it by faith and saying, I actually do believe there's a creator who wants to communicate with me and can communicate with me through a Bible. Like, yeah. I don't know what you do with that. Yeah. Like, how does that follow fit into a Google search? Mm -hmm. But it is a part of it where if you are, if you've read the Bible your whole life and it always is flat and not alive to you, then maybe you should be asking the question, how do I come alive to God in your Google search bar and say, God, I want to come alive to you so I can be interact with your living word. Because maybe you just need a relationship with Jesus. Because mm -hmm. when Jesus put, when you put your heart, trust in Jesus, he puts his spirit inside yeah. you and connects my heart with his word. Right. Sometimes people are frustrated because their hearts aren't connected mm -hmm. because they're spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. Is that a That's fair? Good. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, it's not no. really a good answer. Well, I think these pages are going to point you to God, and God is going to point you to life inside these pages. It's sort of like a two, yeah. like it's yep. like it's a two-part thing, right? It's like God is going to introduce Himself to you in these pages, but you're also going to really grow mm -hmm. and gain life through these pages. It's kind of both and. If I picked up a microwave manual and thought the microwave was alive, and the manual therefore was alive, that would be pretty whack. Yeah. Right, like I think anybody, but if this is all about pointing to a living God and we believe he's working through situations all around us, then it is possible that his words are also alive. But it all requires, I don't know, to yeah, some degree faith. it requires faith. Yeah. And a relationship with God that allows it to come alive. But yeah. maybe the internet will think we're all whack. Okay, so the person who is... We're assuming that they're searching things like, can I trust the Bible? They're probably searching for more. Mm -hmm. It's not just an academic experience, right? Like, can I trust literally the Bible? I can give you all the facts. They're on the internet. You can go find them yourself. But it's like, they're searching for more. Mm -hmm. So what do you, you know, where do you yeah. go? What do you do? So great, because God says, if you seek me, you'll find me. Oh, yeah. Right? right. So if you're, if you're searching the internet for truth, you can search, you just search, the, and the Lord wants to be searched. Like, so seek him and you're gonna find him. And part of the tools he uses is the Bible. So 
approach the Bible with humility and faith and watch how God comes alive to you. Yeah, and Christ follower, you should be confident that like mm -hmm. this Bible that you have built your life on, you can trust it. Mm -hmm. And if you have questions about it, like again, there's answers all over the internet. We're here to help, but it is something firm that we can stand on. And I think that's really cool. It's great. Awesome. See you next time.